0: You know, a lot of guests on this show talk about other things that I'm not really an expert at, but when guests come on who are experts at sales, I love it because we get to dive into the nitty-gritty and talk specific sales strategies. And that's exactly what we did on this show today with Kevin Snow. He is a sales expert. He's with Time on Target, and he helps companies really scale their sales organizations and become really, really efficient. Wow, we dove into some really cool stuff that's very actionable that you can take and implement right away. So if you're wanting to grow sales, this is the episode for you.
1: Welcome to Sastory in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach.
0: Welcome, welcome to Sastory in the Making. I am your host, Matt, and I am so glad that you are here. Thank you for coming. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening on the podcast. It's going to be a great, great show today. I am super excited to have my special guest Kevin Snow with me here today. Kevin, how you doing? I'm great, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on your show. For sure. Really, really glad you're here. Thanks for coming on. And Kevin is the founder and chief operations officer at Success Champion Networking. Really? He helps businesses close more sales by better understanding their sales process and and identifying how to make the process more effective and faster. For those of you who've followed me for a while, that is my heart right there. I'm so glad that there are people out there doing that other than just myself, because it's really important to process within your sales process and making sure your process is, is set up correctly and professional and really making sure that it's efficient and effective is critical. So I'm glad Kevin's out there doing that. And he's also the founder and chief strategist at Time on Target. And really, that's a sales consulting firm that works with B2B sales organizations and helps them use automation to drive sales growth, increase market share, and build profitable sales teams. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing more about that. So once again, Kevin, thanks for being here.
1: No, I'm really excited. I these are some of my favorite things to do because I always have the best conversations and I'm Really, kind of excited to be on a SaaS oriented one because technology was really how I got my how I cut my teeth in sales and how time on target initially got started was working with with SaaS companies and tech firms. So this this
0: should be really fun. Well, tell us exactly how did that whole thing get started? So uh, I'm I'm actually supposed to be a
1: high school agriculture teacher and wrestling coach. <laughs> so um, I graduated yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm so happy that I, I paid for a college education that I didn't use for anything. But I, um, yeah, I, I graduated college and I had a job offer to teach high school, uh, which was cool because I really wanted to do the teaching thing and the coaching thing. I was a college wrestler. So, you know, being able to continue that was was big for me. Uh, and the job offer that for that was 19,000 um, a year. Wow. And then I I had a job offer. For a uh, kind of a hybrid position, account management sales position with a, uh, a mm-hmm. Fortune 500 long distance company that did, you know, frame relay T1s. They worked with all the big companies around the world, uh, paying $39,000 a year plus commission. And I'm like, huh. I have rent to pay and I have school loans. I, I'm moving and I'm taking a sales job. Uh, so yeah, that's how I got into sales. And then from there it was, you know, selling with them. I sold with Nextel when they launched their walkie talkie phone thing. Uh, was number one sales rep for them for a while. Went to one of the, a couple of their agents helped launch some indirect uh, programs for their agents. Uh, did managed service provider sales. Sold Salesforce when it was back when it was sales, salesforce.com. Wow. Uh, so, and uh, so yeah, I've was did all my real selling out in the real world in tech. And, you know, and it was really for me a big part of how I learned to sell. And because I'm, I'm a, if you're familiar with the disc profile, I am a high C. So I am all about details and why things work and how things work, and I, I need to know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I originally sold that way too. It's like here's all the stuff, you know, here's all the features, and here's what it can do, and that that's not really the best way to sell technology. I learned uh, my my first sales job was not successful, but once I figured out how to use you know, how I sell as a high C and use my superpowers effectively in that sales process to be able to then apply features to how they can impact that client. That was like a huge turning point for me. So when I got into Time on Target I launched Time on Target, target wow all right so we're not gonna be able to talk today uh, <laughs> awesome good timing uh so <laughs> when when i launched my company my focus was actually going into tech firms and helping them bring on salespeople mm. and helping them hit that so you know they're at that growth point it's like oh my god we need salespeople because i'm can't do it all but i don't know how to do sales so i, I need kevin you know, I need Kevin to come in and help us launch this. So it's successful. Uh, Unlike most sales or most small businesses that just go out and hire salespeople. And they're like, all right, well, you were a number one salesperson at this company. Obviously, you can just sell our stuff and you don't need anything from us. Go do it. And then it fails horribly. So we'd come in and we'd help them figure out, hey, how do we, you know, how do we write a job description? How do we actually interview and hire the right people? Because That is a whole different process than, you know, hiring a a developer or a tech or, you know, a front desk person. Mm -hmm. We taught them that. We helped them figure out, hey, here's how you onboard and train your new salespeople. We helped them map out the sales process piece. We taught them how to actually manage salespeople for results as opposed to just managing for activity. And we went through that. And my company, over time, we just... You know, we've really focused on the tech firms, uh, the SaaS companies, cybersecurity, IT, all that type of stuff. But we discovered over time that there were parts of that process that were just really time uh, time intensive, and were really the bottlenecks for us. So that's we kept niching down into the areas that we really loved, which is how we got to the sales process and the sales automation because. I'm a high C and processes are fun. So I was all about you know, being able to dive in and figure out, hey, how are your clients making those buying decisions and what's going through their heads and, and mapping that out and then mapping out the, the sales process. So it syncs up with that. And then, oh, now we get to play with technology and throw that in the mix. So that's really where I am now with my company and it, it's a ton of fun. And I love being able to help clients you know, figure out how to do it better And then seeing them excited because they're getting results they hadn't gotten before.
0: I think that's fantastic. And I love hearing about your evolution and how you changed from what you're originally going to do. I did the same thing when I started out being a consultant. My whole thing was I was going to do the sales for companies who had a tough time selling in the US. The whole point of it was, I know they are international companies. They want to sell in the US. They're struggling. There's a cultural gap. I can yep. be that person that can bridge that and I'll just do the sales for them here. Really, really quickly, I learned, well, in order to do that, they have to have a process that's already working over there and I just have to implement the process, but they don't even have a process. So there's a ton of businesses, mm-hmm. especially within my world, the SaaS world, who need that sales process and that foundation. And I pretty much instantly pivoted into what I do now, which is coach software leaders, software founders on how to have a process that's going to be scalable and repeatable so you can bring on new talent, new people to come in and take over and run it. So I love that we have similar paths to figuring out what actually worked. Yeah, and I I think it's really interesting.
1: You know, owners and founders of companies have an unfair advantage over normal salespeople. And and that advantage is that, it's their baby, you know, the company and the product is something that they've developed and they've been putting their heart and soul into it. So when they're talking to clients, they naturally have this passion behind their words and, and the passion behind their body language. So they go in and they have conversations, CEO to CEO, founder to founder, and, you know, and they're going to close things and it's going to be awesome. But they never pay attention to how they're actually doing it and what things, my favorite question when I was doing the consulting was, so what's the one thing that when you say it to a customer, their eyes light up and you know that they got it and they've just figured it out and they're like, oh, I, hmm, I don't know. That's a really good question. I've never paid attention to what I said before. I'm like, all right, so this is going to be a long, (laughs) this is going to be a long engagement. So we're going to be here a while. Um. But it's but it's really what gives you know, we tell all our clients on on time on target side and on the success champion side that if you're the CEO, you need to you're the number one sales rep, you need to be outselling, you're the face of the company. And if you're not outperforming your sales team, you're not doing your job.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And that's something that I preach as well, especially when you're getting started. Software founders, you must be selling. You've got to be out there for a variety of reasons. One, like you said, it should be the easiest for you since you are the leader, you're the founder. But two, it's a great way for you to figure out what your market is asking for to learn about them and talk to them and hear from them directly. But then three, you also are able to formulate the process so it makes it easier for the next person to take over. And you'll know if they're doing it correctly or not because you've done it. And this is something that's really interesting and something that I preach. I'm glad you brought it up, Kevin, because software founders are able to achieve sales in many cases, but a lot of them hit a wall when they realize that they need to scale, that their time is running out and they need more people to do this for them. And I ran into this same wall bringing on somebody else. Well, guess what? They will never have the same level of passion as you do as the founder. They'll never get to that same point. And so instead of passion, they must have a process. And this is something I drill into my clients. You've got to have a process that they can take over because they're not going to use the passion that you had. And you said the same word. They need a way, a method to follow so that they can continue to do the same things you've been doing, even sometimes unknowingly, like you said. But that way, it'll give them that path to get them where they have to be. I love it. Couldn't have said it better.
1: Yeah, it. They they need a path, and then they need the target. They need to know who to go talk to. You know, mm-hmm. I and on the I spent 18 years working with small businesses in the networking world, teaching them how to build business relationships, and now I'm doing that with uh, a new offering we're doing through Success Champions. But it, it, it amazes me when I'm talking to a business owner, and I'm like, All right, so tell me about who are your target clients. Oh, well, we, you know, we can really work with anyone. <sighs> All right. Let, <laughs> let's work on that for a minute. Got to so, figure that out. Yep, Yeah. you got to be able to give them, if you're going to bring on salespeople, you have to tell them, hey, here's who you need to go find. Here are the specific people you want to target. They're in this industry. They are at this level of development. They are have this title. They're doing this thing. Here are the issues they're having, because that allows them to figure out what they're going to say. And they can take then that that target. I call them a high payoff target when I'm working with clients, but they also go by you know avatar, personas, all those different terms. You know that allows them to take that and the figure, all right, so here's how I sell. How do I wrap my sales persona and my sales acumen into this product and this service so that I can sell to this type of avatar and this type of in- industry? You know, because a lot of your, especially if you're selling into the tech world a lot of your decision makers are going to be that high C personality. They're going to be very detail oriented. They want to know how and why. Uh, But a lot of your salespeople still are that high D, high I, where they're, you know, bottom line up front, you know, let's get to the decision making. And, you know, the two don't always meet. And they don't, play well together mm-hmm. so it, it's really important to have those targets outlined for your salespeople so they understand who they're selling to so if they have to adjust how they sell to make it easy for that buyer to make decisions they can do it otherwise they're just gonna go in and they especially because my business partner is a total ID uh, <laughs> He will go into the sales call and he'll just, you know, it's a bowl in a China shop and like and hey, let's move power through and let's get to the decision. And are you gonna do business with us? And that's not how I buy. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that tech world, you need to understand who your buyers are. And a lot of business owners don't. They haven't taken the time to map that out before they bring on their client or bring on new salespeople.
0: Oh, it's so critical. That's the first thing we start with is know your ICP, your ideal customer profile, know your buyer persona, your user personas. It's absolutely critical to start from there, not just for sales. It is very important in sales, but also in your marketing. You can also develop your product roadmap towards yep. that person. So it's so, so critical. I'm glad you, you, you're mentioning that. I want to know because you, you talk about automation, sales automation. How are you defining sales automation? What is that? So everybody can understand what we're talking about.
1: Uh, so that can be really expansive depending on who you talk to. For me, the sales automation is really finding those repetitive tasks in a sales process that are taking mm-hmm. up time that are keeping your salespeople or the owner of the company from being able to do revenue generating activities. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I separate them out into two pools. It's either task oriented or it's communication oriented. So, you know, for a lot of companies, the lot of the task oriented stuff is re-entering client data into multiple systems. You know, how do we automate that? Uh, But then on the communication side, you know, the big one I always use that everyone shakes their head in agreement at is the, you know, all right, you've had the first meeting, now you have to do the follow-up email. And most salespeople, that's a Friday morning, Friday afternoon thing for the previous Mm -hmm. week. And it's just, you know, cut and paste, Except they don't always remember to edit the cut and paste, so I might be sending this hey this email that's supposed to go to Matt instead of saying hey Matt it's like hey Sue you know mm-hmm. and then I have the wrong company name and you had said you're like oh my god what did I just do and then it's too late
0: mm-hmm. so a
1: that. lot of yeah it happens all the time I get them and I and I and I chuckle it's really funny when it's on LinkedIn or one of those tools mm-hmm. I'm like really yeah. but. You know, and so what we really do with our clients is go in and, and really once we've gotten those two, the buyer process and the sales process mapped out, then it's really diving in and figuring out, all right, so what's all the stuff that's happening for that salesperson, for the owner at each step of the way, and then figuring out, all right, so what things can we use technology for? You know, can we use technology for scheduling meetings so that you don't have to do the three emails back and forth? How do we do automated follow-ups for that first meeting? How do we do automated follow-ups after you present pricing and a proposal? And what content do we need in those to help them move to that next stage of the buying process? You know, how do we utilize those just not as filler, but actually as a tool that accelerates the process?
0: Yeah, I think it's super critical because so many things can come up, especially when you're in sales. You got a lot going on. You got a lot of different things to take care of. You got a lot of different tasks to get through. And if you don't have something that's helping you with that, you're definitely just gonna be behind. In today's day and age, it's just not gonna work. I I think more sales teams need to understand the power of this automation and and how it can help. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. it's This is all about giving them more time in front of clients. So every sales team that you ever talk to is going to complain about order entry and data entry, and they're going to complain about reporting and filling out reports and submitting information higher. And automation is all about taking all that stuff off their plate so that it's easy for them to see data about their performance and to be able to understand what's going on with their pipeline. But it's also then easy for management at different levels to see, all right, here's what's going on in our overall pipeline and be able to make management decisions. That's the key thing about CRMs. And for from the owner viewpoint is how I can actually see if my CRM set up correctly and my sales team is using it correctly, I can see and do planning based on what I should have for revenue coming coming. coming in, as opposed to living paycheck to paycheck and hoping, Mm -hmm. all right, well, I want to do this, but I need to get this type of money first and not having an understanding of what may or may not actually happen. You know, salespeople are really good at saying, well, you know, I'm going to close this this month.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's because they don't have a good understanding of the sales process. Owners do the exact same thing. I'm going to have this much revenue this month, which means I can do this thing because Mm -hmm. they think that they know what's going on in their processes and with their sales team, but they don't. They don't actually have a good view because they don't have their automation tools set up correctly.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. So a lot of companies are missing that. What else are companies missing when it comes to growth and sales?
1: Um, another big area that I find for salespeople that they're, they're that's sucking up their time is content creation. Hmm. And not really understanding what content needs to be sent out at each step of the sales process. So you'll have this really great meeting with a client. You know, they come back, they're totally interested into what you do, they and they want to learn more. Well, now they're going searching through, you know, the corporate folders, looking for the right content piece. They're scouring the blogs, they're searching, they're spending time finding content that mm. that if the sales and marketing teams were collaborating and working together and communicating back and forth marketing would already understand all right so we need these types of content pieces for each step of the sales process to help the salespeople push the right content to the the buyers because this is what they're looking for Mm -hmm. you know every piece of content has a fit you just have to understand where it fits in that process
0: yeah, I agree. I love that you're saying that. And a lot of people call this sales enablement material. It's stuff yep. that marketing can help out with and give them, give the sales team ammo for the for their sale, but it's really important that you have different pieces at different parts of the process. I love that you mentioned that, Kevin, because the buyer at the beginning of the pipeline who doesn't know anything about the company is certainly going to need a completely different piece of information than somebody who's midway through and already talked to some people, already went through the website, already maybe digested a video or two. They're going to need different material and different pieces. And so having different sales sales enablement material for different buyers within your pipeline is critical. I love it. Yeah,
1: and then that content is also that can be integrated into your automation plan. So if you understand that, all right, so here's how our normal sales process works. And in a high tech sales, there's normally more than one meeting, you know, a lot of times you're not going to go in and do just a one call close. Uh, when it happens, it's cool. But normally there's going to be a couple meetings. You, you may have that parallel sales process where you're talking to the CEO management, but then you're also talking to your IT department about integration and implementation and how it's going to screw up their network and help it, making them feel happy. So understanding how those dual sale paths work and what's going on, you're able to then really do a drip campaign, an email drip campaign that's tagged and triggered based on specific activity going on in the account so that they're Getting content at the right time. The other big issue I see with content and salespeople is they always try and accelerate the process. So they'll send the content that they think is going to get the close, instead of the content that's going to get them to the next step
0: mm.
1: and move that mm-hmm. sale along. And it, it that turns off the the client because they feel pressured and they're feeling pushed to make a decision when they're not at that step yet. They're still trying to determine if they actually have an issue that they need to solve and you're already trying to get them to sign on the dotted line. So having that all mapped out and automated helps keep the salespeople honest and it helps keep your your pipeline showing the right revenue projections going forward.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely critical. I'm glad you brought that up. What advice, and I know you've shared a lot, but just kind of wrapping up here, what other advice would you have for software leaders who are getting started and wanting to make sure they set their process up right from the start? You got to have conversations with your clients. You need to be able to talk to them after
1: you need to talk to them after they say yes, and they come on and start using your software. You need to talk to them after they go through the implementation and onboarding process. You need to be getting feedback from them at all steps of the game, so that you can continually be reevaluating those processes and your avatars. You know, you even need to have those conversations with people that didn't purchase. You know, those people ten- can be. Depending on how the sales process went, those people can be a plethora of of data, and a lot mm-hmm. of times they're really happy to be able to help because there's you know when you say no to a sales guy, there's always a little bit of guilt. It's like oh I feel bad about saying no, but here's a way that you can now re-engage with them. Say hey, we'd love some really cool feedback. You know we're we're a growing company. We're trying to figure out these things, and you didn't purchase from us. And we'd love to find out why and what we could have done better. And, how, you know, this would be a great way you he could help us grow our business. And that's a, you know, a great way to get re-engaged with them, especially if it's been a few months. And, you know, there's been a bunch of changes with your product because you're developing, you're growing, and you're, you have new rollouts to get them back engaged because maybe what they went with didn't work. Or at the time, they're like, you know, not doing anything is the right choice right now. And maybe that's changed. So it's a great sales tool, but it's also a great way to fix your processes so that you have less of those happening.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And reaching out to people who didn't close is really critical. And there's really three results that can come from that. And two of them are good. One result, they might not answer and never get back to you. Or they say, no, I'm not going to help. But the other two are good. One, they offer help. They may not sign up for you, but they give you feedback. They tell you what was right, what was wrong, and what didn't work. And you'd make changes to your process and your product because of it. Or the final one, they say, hey, well, maybe there's another chance for us to work together. And so two out of the three are are good results that can come of that. It's absolutely critical that you reach out to people who did not close and figure out what you could have done better. So fantastic advice, Kevin.
1: Yeah. And it's always funny when I bring that up to clients, like, all right, so we're going to reach out. I need a list of, you know, some clients that said no. And they're like, why? Because we're going to talk to them. (laughs) We're going to call them. We're going to meet with them and get information from them. They're like, really? Like, yes. Why wouldn't we? (laughs) So, you know, it's always funny the reaction you get when you suggest that to to the client.
0: Well, I think it's great. I'm glad that they're doing it. Thanks to you, but uh, this has been awesome, Kevin. It's been a lot of fun. The time has flown for me. I love these types of conversations. Thanks for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom and and all of your experience. How can our audience learn more about what you're doing? So, I actually have a couple things for them. You know,
1: and the first one is really, uh, you know, if if you love the conversation that Matt and I had today, uh, and you like the value you get from the SAS story in the in the making. Please tell a friend, you know, a colleague and show them how to follow and how to find this this show and teach them how to follow and and get them involved in listening to the show. That's the coolest thing you can do to help Matt out. If you want more information about what I do and how to build your sales process and, and use content more effectively in your automations, all you need to do is text the word sell smarter to one 429 4298 And I will send them a list of questions that they can use to map out how their clients make buying decisions and a guide to what content works best at different stages in the sales process that they can then use to figure out what they wanna do and what content they're missing.
0: I love it. Did you guys hear that? Make sure that you text to that number. Go ahead and rewind if you need it again. But text to that number, Sell smarter, and you'll get actionable advice and guidance. That is phenomenal, Kevin. Thanks for that. And thanks for plugging the show. Really appreciate that. It is awesome when everybody tells somebody else about the show and what we're doing. We're definitely trying to help people and help you guys grow your company. So, Kevin, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been really cool. It's uh, I wish there were a lot more podcasts that did the tech
1: focus because I, I get to geek out with people that geek out on the same stuff. So it's really cool.
0: I agree. I definitely enjoy the geeking out myself, uh, but thanks for being here and thank you guys all for coming. Really appreciate it. Like Kevin said, if you know anybody else who might get help from us, please share the show and like us and review us. It really, really helps me understand if we're hitting the right notes with our guests. And then make sure you subscribe. We have awesome, awesome guests like Kevin coming on and sharing their wisdom and expertise. You're not going to want to miss out. So thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care.